Hello and welcome to this Grace Baptist Mission Media podcast. You're going to hear Serving Today, a program for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in discipling others or perhaps you teach the Bible one-to-one or in a small group, Serving Today will be relevant for a wide range of believers. Welcome to Serving Today, the program for pastors and church leaders. I'm Andrew Cook and I'm delighted to have your company once more. Christian Basics, more on Christ's second coming. Last time, here on Serving Today, we learnt two lessons about the return of Jesus. The first was that it is an event clearly foretold in the Bible, and the second was that none of us knows the day or the hour when this will take place. The important issue for us arising from this Bible teaching is the importance of being ready for whenever Jesus does come back again. Derek French has been speaking with our guest, Dr John Hall, and he began by asking John what we should be doing in the light of this teaching. We should prepare in two ways. We should be sure we're saved, that is that we have turned from our sin and trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ alone for salvation. And secondly, we should be busy serving the Lord. It's always a good thought to think that if the Lord were to return now, would I want him to find me living like this? Matthew 25 is all about how to prepare for his return. You can read it later. But there's the parable of the ten virgins waiting for the bridegroom. That's the picture of people waiting for Christ to return. The wise ones were prepared. They had oil in their lamps. The foolish ones were unprepared. When they went away to look for oil, they were shut out. And Jesus draws this conclusion. Keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. So he's warning us to be prepared and to keep watch so that when he does come, we're ready. The next illustration is the story of the talents. We should be busy using the resources God has given us. The story there is that he'd given talents to a group of people and the master goes away and then he returns to see how they've used them. Those that have used them well, in other words, served the master well, he rewards. Those who did nothing are cast out into hell. What a warning that is. Finally, when the Lord judges, and this is carrying on in Matthew 25 from verse 31 onwards, it will be those who have loved and cared for others as a result of their salvation, that will enter eternal life. Those, whatever their belief patterns, who have only thought of themselves, will perish. So to be prepared for his coming, you need to be saved, you need to be serving Christ now, in the way that Christ has commanded, and you need to keep watch, be alert, vigilant, looking forward to his coming. It reminded me, John, of something I heard somebody say. They said it in the context of being ready to die, but I think the same applies. The only way to be ready to die tomorrow is to be ready today. And it's the same with the Lord's coming, isn't it? We don't know when the Lord's going to come. And the only way to be ready is to be ready now. That's right. And never be doing anything that you'd be ashamed of should he come suddenly. John, although we don't know the precise time of the Lord's second coming, does the Bible give us any indication what the situation will be like on the earth prior to his coming? We 
mentioned it will be like it was in the days of Noah, but are there any other indications that should engage our attention? Yes, Derek. The Bible has a phrase, last times. This means the entire period between Christ's first and second coming. During the whole of that time, the world will know trials and troubles. Believers will be persecuted. There will be times of blessing too, and a worldwide increase of people believing in the gospel as people from every tribe and nation are gathered in. But I think that there are indications in Scripture that the turmoil will be greater immediately before his return. The scripture speaks in general terms, and we must be careful not to think we can identify specific events occurring now in the scriptures. Often it means that we've got to read our history and culture into the text. We should avoid doing that. But we should be aware that there will be increased turmoil before the Lord comes. Let's look at Matthew 24 9 to 13, and Derek will read that for us. I was just going to comment there, John, before reading those verses. That that was helpful you said about the last days referring to the period between the Lord's Mm. first and second coming, because a lot of people do get confused over that, don't they? They do indeed, and if you want proof of that, then look at Hebrews 1. In these last days, God has spoken to Mm. us by his Son. Mm. Well, I'll turn now to Matthew 24, 9 to 13. Jesus is speaking and he says to his disciples, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So we see here there'll be trouble, there'll be difficulty, false prophets, many will be deceived. Also the love will grow cold, but some, those who stand firm, will be saved. So we see that, but we also see expansion. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world, as is happening today, which we can praise God for. Could you go on and read now further on in Matthew 24, 21 and 22? For then there will be great distress, unequalled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equalled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. Here again we have trouble predicted, great distress. Now some think these verses just refer to the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70 when that was a time of great distress. And that time of distress does indeed prefigure the final troubles and the judgment of our world. So on balance, I think that there will be great trouble before the Lord returns. John, you've shown us some of the things Jesus said would characterise the state of affairs in our world immediately prior to his return. What about the rest of the New Testament, for example, in the teaching of Paul? Let us now read 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 1 to 11. Note this is a long section, but it's necessary that we ponder it. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy, report or letter supposed to have come from us saying that the day of the Lord has already come. 
Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? And now you know what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth, and destroy by the splendour of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie, and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. You see, it's easy even today for us to become, as the Thessalonians were tempted to, become unsettled and alarmed by this report or that. And we really do need to be careful not to be deceived. The man of lawlessness will come, a person who even dares to see himself as God. And there will be false signs and wonders and every sort of evil. This man of lawlessness will deceive many. But notice who he deceives and why. He deceives those who refused to love the truth and so be saved. They didn't love the truth found in God's word. They didn't love the gospel of grace, and so they weren't saved. And so God gave them over to a powerful delusion, and they believed a lie. So be sure, listener, you love the truth and are saved by the gospel of God's grace. Or you may be deceived by someone coming along with many spectacular signs and wonders, as many claim to have today. But always ask the question, do they love the truth? Are they presenting the truth? The character of those who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness is outlined also for us by Paul in 2 Timothy 3, 1-7, which Derek is going to read to us. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. Terrible times there in the last days. And so much of these verses that we've just read seem to be true in our day. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient, so on. We see it all round us. Sometimes we see the temptations also in our own hearts. We must be saved. We must be serving God. We must be loving the truth. We must be prepared for his coming. It's important that you think like that. And so don't delay if you're unsaved, but come and trust in the Lord Jesus. 
Thinking of the man of lawlessness, the Apostle John speaks of the Antichrist who denies Jesus is the Christ. And Derek's going to read to us from 1 John 2, 18-22. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. If they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is a liar? It is the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. Notice this, listener. Any system that denies that Jesus is God the Son and the Messiah is Antichrist, is opposed to Christ, is against Christ. And so be sure you know the truth, and through believing in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that you're filled by the Holy Spirit and are waiting for his second coming. And with that, we close this edition of Serving Today. This is Andrew Cook saying goodbye, and may God bless you. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. There are a number of ways to get in touch. Our email address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk. Find us on Twitter at servingtodaygbm. Or you can search our web catalogue at www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio. Thanks for listening and goodbye.